Hello! Welcome back to Jumble. We're going to go on episode two. We're just going to title these by episode. Um, today we got a lot of basketball for you guys. Obviously we're in March, one of the best months of the year if you're a basketball fan. We got March Madness right around the corner and we're fixing to approach some of these tournaments, ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, all those kind of fun stuff. Um, and then we're at the NBA peak of things being interesting in my opinion. We've got LeBron and them coming off their all-star win here. Congratulations to them. A lot of money donated there, so you'd you love to see that. Would have liked to have seen a more competitive game, but I don't want to spend too much time talking about the all-star. I, I just I was kind of bored with it this year, to be honest. I I wasn't intrigued by the fact that they did it all in a day. Normally, you obviously, we have the all-star weekend. You got the three-point one day, skills one day, or maybe they do those in the same. I think those two are actually the same. Oh, okay, now I remember. Dunk, skills, and three are all the same day. Then the Sunday is uh, the actual game. But, of course, this time we saw them open up with the skills challenge. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like any of the players that are in that really care about it. They seem very nonchalant. But it's it's still pretty cool to watch. I, I like that the NBA came up with that. Um, we saw Steph Curry essentially dominate the three-point contest. Yeah, he only won by one in that last round, but... Personally, I didn't have any doubt that he was going to win that. Um, after, especially after he put up that thirty-one, it just brilliant display of shooting. Then, of course, the game, Team LeBron, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, and Giannis just dominate everyone. Um, Giannis going sixteen for sixteen from the field. Never seen anybody take more than ten shot attempts and not miss ever in an All Star game. So, that MVP is definitely deserved. But coming off All Star, of course, the timing's a little bit odd this year. It started late, but this is when things get interesting. You know, teams. It, it's tough to say. You know, their team's not back to full health yet. This isn't who this team is, or this is who this team is. At this point, the way you see a team play is most likely the way they're going to carry. And at this point in the regular season, for those teams that, like, essentially if you're just not a top-two seed, every game matters at this point because you're fighting for seeding and fighting for who you're going to play in the playoffs or if you're going to make the playoffs. So I just want to take a look at every team here, you know, what I like or what I don't like. We're going to go from the bottom up, so the interesting teams will be towards the back end. We'll start... I think I want to start with the Western Conference. Obviously, historically and even now, the more competitive conference of the two. I, I think they just have some bigger markets. Hopefully, that um, hopefully we can find a way to remedy that because I would like to see the East be a little more competitive with the West. But it is what it is. Um, let's just get into it. So you look at the bottom of the Western Conference standings, and it's seven and twenty-nine. A very, very bad record. The If you're curious of the win percentage, it's .194. Um, very bad. I hate to see this for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Honestly, I, the roster isn't really a team that you would expect to be 7-29. and 29. Of course, Carl Anthony Towns out for a large amount of the beginning of the season. Very unfortunate what he's had to go through because of COVID. Um I do believe a car crash was another incident that he endured. Very unfortunate for him. D'Angelo Russell missing some time. Malik Beasley um, has had a really good season, but when Malik Beasley is, in my opinion, in that time that they had their top two guys miss, probably your best player, you're not in great shape. Um, I don't think there's a lot to talk about 
with this team. Obviously, Anthony Edwards, a great bright spot. I, I really like that pick for them. Obviously, they're looking back. Probably wishing they would have took LaMelo, but when you look at that draft, I understand why they picked who they picked, because if you look at that team, they've got D'Angelo running that one, Cat run the five, and then you stick Anthony Edwards there at the three. You've got three guys there that look nice. Um, Malik Beasley, like I'd said, running the two, a great role player. He's just not, you don't want him to be your best player, which I think is fair. And then you can just throw whoever at that four and have a pretty decent roster. So I think it's a good pick for them to pick Anthony Edwards. I think Anthony Edwards is having a great season. I think he's up there for rookie of the year. I would say it's LaMelo, Tyrese Halliburton, and then from there you probably take Anthony Edwards. I'd like to see James Wiseman in the conversation, but obviously missing a lot of time with the injury. But um not a lot to say about a team that's seven and twenty nine. They're just they're just not. It's unfortunate. Um next, going up from there, we have the Houston Rockets. Sitting at a record of 11 and 23, if you're curious of the win percentage here, 0.324. Um, after the James Harden trade, we saw them go on quite a win streak. It was really interesting because everybody, I guess everybody, thought that they just traded a superstar. They're probably not going to look great for the foreseeable future. And for, I think, like a 10 game stretch, they looked phenomenal. They had Christian Wood putting up. Incredible numbers. John Wall looking like Wizards. Prime John Wall. DeMarcus Cousins had a few good games. Not really sure why he was released still. I I couldn't tell you. I, I really don't like that move by the Houston Rockets. I still think Boogie has potential. Clearly, he's not going to be Sacramento Kings Boogie or even that year in New Orleans where he was really good Boogie. That He's not that player anymore. But he's still better than Cristiano Felicio, who the Bulls gave steady minutes to. I mean, he's a lot better than some of these centers we see coming off the bench. And he still spreads the floor. He has a jump shot, which clearly in today's NBA is super, super valuable. So I really don't see why he's not on their roster right now. Maybe it's something internal affairs. I don't want to assume. But bad move by the Houston Rockets, in my opinion. Oladipo performing pretty well. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, they offered Oladipo like 42, 43 million, I think, for two years, and Oladipo declined. I really don't understand that. Clearly, Oladipo's on a steady decline as well. He got a good offer for a contract from the Pacers, I think around the same money. Then he gets this one from the Rockets, and he's clearly declined them both. Um, I really don't understand what he's doing. I like Oladipo. I think he's a really cool guy. If you watch some of the videos and interviews of him, he seems like a really just cheerful upbeat kind of guy, which I personally really appreciate um, to see guys stay grounded like that. It's pretty cool. But I don't understand what his play is going into this offseason being a free agent. My theory is that there's a team that's reached out to him previously and said, hey, if you don't sign any of these, we'll give you 50 or something like that. I don't know because it just seems outlandish and kind of dumb to decline those two contracts. But hopefully he knows what he's doing. I, I'd hate to see him fall and end up only getting $20 million or something like that. Not that $20 million is bad. $20 million is $20 million. I'd love to have $20 million. But for the value he brings and the kind of person he is, I'd like to see him get paid. So hopefully there's another team out there willing to offer him something. Then you look up from here, a team that I think is a lot better than their record. Obviously the record isn't good because we're third from the bottom. The Sacramento Kings 14 and 22, and if you look at it, they're really not that far out of the playoffs. I mean, they're pretty far, but it's been, it could be worse. The eight seed right now is 18 and 16. 
But the Sacramento Kings, I feel like this is a classic Sacramento Kings team. Um, you got De'Aaron Fox performing really well this year. Uh, one of the only players that, out of Kentucky that I have really fell in love with. There's there's more than just De'Aaron Fox, but growing up, especially being a Carolina fan, Kentucky's a team we play every year, and they always have these one and done. So I definitely have a steady dislike for Kentucky and John Calipari, but um, back a couple years ago when Luke May for Carolina had hit that not a buzzer beat. It was like two point two point three left on the clock when he hit it against Kentucky. De'Aaron Fox and Bam Adebayo had an interview in the locker room, and that man was crying, like straight up. And you, I love to see a guy that cares that much about basketball and his teammates because he was hugging Bam Adebayo right there beside him, who was clearly visually upset as well. So I, I love De'Aaron Fox. Um, I really hope he continues to be successful grows to be even more successful and eventually is the best point guard in our league. I, I hope he gets there. I really do. Um, I like Buddy Heald, another player that I liked in college a lot. Uh, if you guys remember him in Oklahoma, especially in the tournament, dude was tearing it up. He was so much more than just a three-point shooter. I mean, he was putting the ball on the floor, getting by people, knocking down shots from everywhere, getting to the bucket, just doing everything you'd want a player to do, then he's got to the NBA, and he's turned into a steady three-point shooter, catch-and-shoot kind of guy. There's nothing wrong with that. It's kind of surprising to me. I'm, I keep waiting for him to just one day say, hey, I'm going to put the ball on the floor and get buckets. But he hasn't done it yet. Hopefully will eventually. I'd like to see that. Tyrese Halliburton, a blessing to the Sacramento Kings, has looked better than I think anyone thought he was going to be. Doing great things for them. Marvin Bagley. Ugh, Marvin Bagley. I, I I don't even really want to get into it. I, I think Marvin Bagley's a great player, but this year just has been rough for Marvin Bagley. Um, Harrison Barnes, I think he's still there. I'm honestly not sure because he gets traded so much, but I'm almost positive Harrison Barnes is still there. But any game that I've seen from them this year, he's been in. I just don't know if they've traded him since. I'm trying to look up on basketball reference here to make sure that I don't misspeak. Yes, he's still there. I just thought they might have traded him at this point. Harrison Barnes is a guy from Carolina, so, of course, I'm a fan. Um, coming out of high school, he was the number one recruit, one of the only one of those Carolina has ever had. Um, won us a game against Clemson. Pretty much, I mean, we were down like 15 in the second half, and nobody was having a good game for us, and Harrison Barnes decided to show why he was the number one recruit, and he won us that game. So uh, ever since that game, I've been a Harrison Barnes fan. Um, he, he contributes to winning anywhere that he goes. He's a knockdown shooter, defends well, just a consistent veteran that you like to see. I think he's got a good couple of years left in the league. His best year is definitely in Golden State with that Warriors team before Kevin Durant got there. Uh, he's a glue guy. He's a glue guy, and I like to see what he's doing for – any team that he's been on in his career at this point. I think he's a very good basketball player. Up from there, a team that has surprised me many, many times this season, the Oklahoma City Thunder, 15-21. and 21. There's just so many games you see these guys. They're down, they're out, they're getting beat. Down 20 or something crazy like that. Going into the fourth quarter or the second half, whatever. And Dort or Shea just decides, no, nah, I'm going to play now, and they win. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this team. I really don't. 
they either come out like that or they just get killed. It, it seems to be the consensus. But I think teams have learned at this point when you play the Oklahoma City Thunder, whether Shea's injured or not because he has missed a lot of time, that you're not getting an easy win. These guys play hard. Sometimes they're playing hard. It's not enough. You know, they don't have enough shots going in. They are struggling from the field, and they just lose. But they play hard. I think they're a really defensively-minded team. Definitely think they're missing Billy Donovan a little bit. I think Billy Donovan's a great coach. But it is what it is, and hopefully they can continue to improve, especially around Shea Gil- Gildress Alexander. I really believe in him. Up from there, a team that kind of has disappointed me a little bit. Um, they're not too far out of the whole playoff race. Like I said, up from really the Sacramento Kings, nobody's like super outlandishly far out. But the New Orleans Pelicans, they just... I'm a, I'm a big Lonzo Ball fan. I'm looking at a picture I have of him on my desk right now. It's a framed picture from his first year with the Pelicans. I think Lonzo Ball is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. With so much hype going into his rookie season from mostly his dad, if we're all being honest with each other here, and him not being a 30-point-per-game score, averaging 12 assists and 7 rebounds, people think he's a disappointment, but he's not. He's really improved his shooting. If you guys go look at his form now, it's totally different from what his form was his rookie year. I I think he's doing really well. He's shooting better. He'll have 10-game stretches where he's shooting 50%, 40% from three. I have a hot take that he's a top 10 defensive player in the league. I I don't know what number out of that. I think Ben Simmons is the best defensive player in the league, but Lonzo Ball is definitely up there. He will walk down any other point guard. He's quick, has a lot of lateral quickness. I think he's a great defender. Zion has improved so much this year. It's really weird, though, because you look back at his rookie season, and when Zion, you know, had an itch in the top of his forehead and he scratched it, you know, sitting on the sidelines, Bleacher Report, ESPN, whoever, on Instagram, you'll see Zion itch, back left forehead, show the video of him scratching it, whatever like that. This year, Zion has improved statistically. Um, even by the eye test, not just statistically, I think he's improved. But you don't see nothing about it. It's really strange. He's just uh, not followed as closely by the social media, which maybe that's why he's improved. Maybe it's a lot easier to improve when nobody's watching you everything that you do for every second. Um, Brandon Ingram, I think Brandon Ingram's the same player from last year. Josh Hart is looking like a whole new player. I love what Josh Hart's doing. And I think a lot of these guys have improved. I think the area or not even the area, but the player that's hurting them right now that they expected to perform really well is Eric Bledsoe. If you watch this team play, you see Eric Bledsoe out there. He looks like he doesn't care. I don't know why he doesn't care. He's on a good team that if Eric Bledsoe was being Eric Bledsoe, I think could be really in a fight for that eight spot right now. But he's not playing very well. Looks like he doesn't care. And they need to they need to remedy that. They could trade him and still get something for him before his career comes to an end. Once you get out of there, you have a team that's sitting at an even 500, the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies, a pretty good team. Jaron Jackson missing some time this year. Jaron Jackson, if you guys didn't know, from everything that I've seen online, of course, I've never met the guy personally, although I'd love to. Um, One of the best guys in the NBA. Seems like an amazing person, so always rooting for the success of Jaron Jackson. And... John Morant, another team. I don't have a ton to say about this team. I feel like this team's doing about exactly what you'd expect. Started off the season 
really, really well. Have fallen off a little bit. That, that's really it. Um, continue to hope that John Morant improves. I really like John Morant, and I really like Jaron Jackson. And Dylan Brooks. I really like Dylan Brooks, too. I like what he brings to that team. But I'm going to kind of just breeze over them because I feel like what they're doing is exactly what you'd expect. Then who would be the nine seed who are – it looks like to me, I think three games out of the playoffs, or sorry, games back. They're 8.5 back from the one seed, and the team above them is eight. So they're actually half a game back for the eight seed. Uh, the Golden State Warriors sitting at 19 and 18, a little bit above 500. I think this year, a lot of people for the Golden State Warriors have proved us wrong. The first one is Steph Curry, um, pretty obvious one. A lot of people thought he couldn't carry a team. Clearly he can. Um, yeah, yeah, they don't have the best record, but they don't have the best roster either. And they're right there fighting for a playoff spot. Steph Curry putting up incredible numbers. Another incredible guy. Gotta love what Steph is doing this year. And in my opinion, Steve Kerr. A lot of people thought Steve Kerr coming into the league. His first season, I do believe, was that 73-9 and team. Said Steve Kerr's not a good coach. But when you have these players, you're going to have a good record. I think Steve Kerr has changed that narrative to people who are more than a casual basketball fan, um, especially with the way he's played Andrew Wiggins. He's putting Andrew Wiggins in a lot with the bench unit because the bench is where this team has been getting killed all year. The starters are in, and Draymond and Steph are kind of just keeping these guys afloat. I, I love Draymond, by the way. He is such a good floor general, not even at the point guard, such a good leader. I, I really like Draymond. I can't say enough about him. But... Steve Kerr realized the bench is missing a lot of scoring. And he realized, hey, Andrew Wiggins is a pretty big fan of shooting the ball. So he's sticking Andrew Wiggins in there with that bench unit a lot and just saying, listen, I don't need you to just build this lead. I just need you to not let us get killed while you're in. So Andrew Wiggins is coming in and putting up 10, 12, and just not letting the bench unit drown and getting them these crucial buckets when they really, really need them. So... The Golden State Warriors, I think, are doing really well this year. Then we're going to go up to the eighth seed, who would currently be in the playoffs right now. We have the Dallas Mavericks, 18-16. and 16. I have two things to really say about the Dallas Mavericks. Actually, three. One, Luka Doncic is incredible and has the potential to be one of the best players the NBA has ever seen. That's it. I don't think you can argue it at this point. He's incredible. Secondly... Josh Richardson has not been what they wanted Josh Richardson to be, which I think is why this team is only sitting in an eight seed. Clearly, I think they want to win now because they tried to bring in Josh Richardson, and they're trying to build on Luka while he's cheap on this rookie contract before you know, he wants $200 million or whatever it is that he wants because he, he deserves it. <laughs> he deserves that money for sure. And I heard this on another podcast. I do believe it was through The Wire. Chris Tapps Porzingis. I think it was Mike that said this. Chris Stapps Porzingis is a small forward in a seven foot three body. Also, I think that was Pierre. It wasn't Mike because Mike doesn't take a lot of hot takes like that. I think it was Pierre. But yeah, the more I watch those games, the more I'm like, is that that that's true? Because you watch this guy seven three. He's generally you know, a cool 90% of the time, probably more than 90, but I'm being a little gracious, is the biggest guy on the court. There is nobody that's as tall as him ever unless he's playing against Boban, essentially. And I, I just think I had a, a little bit of a brain loss there because Boban is on his team. So 
he is probably always the tallest guy on the court. I'm trying to think of people that are taller than him, and obviously the first person that comes to mind is Boban because he is – not only is Boban very, very tall, he's got a little weight behind him, so that's why I think he comes off as such a big guy. But, yeah, he plays for the Dallas Mavericks as well, so – off rip, I can't think of anyone that would be bigger than Chris Dapsperzingis other than Taco Fall, who doesn't really play that much. So he's the, – the point being, he's the largest person on the court the majority of the time. And you see him get these players on his back, and he's defending – he doesn't go for these block shots. He doesn't stick his hands up. He doesn't back people down. He wants to stop – you know, he wants to look like Damian Lillard. He wants to take these threes. There's one play I saw him do that made me so mad. He got a rebound, tossed it out to Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's running up the court. Kristaps uh, is trailing, coming back. Stops right after the logo, 18 seconds on the shot clock. Gets it back from Jalen Brunson. Chucks up a three. Hits it off the right side of the backboard. I can't remember who they were playing. But the guy that got the rebound got it probably at about the three-point line. Tossed it up to a player. They had a two-on-one against Porzingis. Just gave a nice little bounce pass and had a dunk. That's inexcusable. Like, you have no reason to shoot that three with 18 seconds on the clock being seven foot three. Distribute the ball. Give it to a point guard. Let somebody else distribute the play. Give it Give it to Luca. Like, when all else fails, that should be a motto. Give it to Luca when all else fails. You, there's nothing wrong with that. At the seven seed, probably the team I have the least to say about, the San Antonio Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs are quiet. I don't think anyone really realizes they're the seven seed until you go look at the NBA standings and be like, holy crap, the San Antonio Spurs are the seven seed. DeMar DeRozan have a great quiet season. Um, Keldon Johnson has improved a lot. DeJounte Murray continues to be a, one of my favorite point guards in the league. Great defensively. Getting a lot more buckets now. I'd like to see what he's doing. Really wonder when LaMarcus Aldridge is going to retire. It seems like he should have retired three years ago, but... He's a good player, and maybe he's contributing to winning down there. I'll be honest. I don't think I've watched a San Antonio Spurs game all year, so I won't say much about what they do on the court. I just know their roster construction. Um, You look up from there, the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic should be up there for most improved. He's improved in almost every statistical category. It's just you hate to give it – you hate to give a guy like that most improved player because he was already so good last year. And it's not that he was bad, but he just – he's even better. And it's incredible to see that. Um, Ball Ball not getting – maybe he's injured, but I don't – I haven't seen him on the court in a lot of the games that I've watched for this team. So I'm really confused about him because he, he looked great in the bubble. But Jamal Murray continues to be inconsistent. He'll give you 41 games, and the next game he'll give you six on two for 12 shooting. I think he's good more often than he's bad. But you just hate to see those bad games. Michael Porter Jr. continuing to improve. And hopefully, I know they want him to be a superstar. They really do. It may not seem like it because he was a late pick. I can't remember if he was one in or what out of the lottery. But he was either 15 or 13 picked, I think. But he continues to be good. He's definitely a great player. And they really don't want to trade him. You've seen these trade pages. They do not want to trade him. So they definitely believe in him. And that's got to make a player feel good. Then we go up to the five seed, Portland. Damian Lillard. Well, what else is it to say? Should have been an all-star starter. Damian Lillard. I, I'm not going to say anything else. Damian Lillard is carrying this team. No, not that the other players are bad, and I don't mean it in that way, because CJ McCollum is obviously still a great player, but 
D- Damian Lillard. That that's pretty much it. <laughs> you go up from the Portland Trailblazers, the four seed. Um, this team looks different this year to me. The LA Clippers. The LA Clippers. By what I mean, they look different. Is the media spotlight is not shining on them as much, and I think it's giving them a lot of room to flourish. Kawhi looks great. PG looks great. I was never a part of the PG slander. I'm not saying I've never made any of the jokes, but I think PG is a great player. Clearly, I don't even think PG would have tested the fact that he was not good in the bu- bubble. But he said that it got to him, you know, mentally. And I understand that. It, no family down there. Because I think the round after they got eliminated is when they let family come in. You know, you can't leave. It's tough. You're just in that one area. And, I mean, I'm sure they had some nice rooms, especially at Superstar. Like, PG had a really nice room. But, like, not being able to leave your room, only being able to go out in this certain area, having to see, you know... You play a game, like, if, if any guys ever played travel, just imagine that kid that hit that buzzer beater on you, and you were so upset you lost that game, and you go out to sit somewhere, go out to eat, just to hang out and, you know, chill, and you see that dude. You you just see him sitting there eating, like, nah, 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 you, that, that's not good. It, it has to be tough mentally, but they're doing great. I think... I think they need a true point guard. They have Lou Will, Pat Bev, but I think they need somebody to really distribute... And just help them. But overall, I think this team is going to do really well. I, I I see at least a conference finals run. Maybe more. But right now, I'm going to say conference finals. Next, I'm going to get a drink real quick. Whew, sorry about that. Um, we got the LA Lakers. Three seed. A bit weird for the Lakers. Everybody thought they'd be the one. Or if not the one, at least the two. But clearly, Anthony Davis being out has hurt them. I, I don't have a lot to say about this team either. I'm saying that for a lot of teams. But really, everybody knows what this team is capable of. Coming off a championship, the only reason they're the three seed right now is because they don't have Anthony Davis. That's simply it. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I think, looks really good. They could use a center. Uh, there's not one they can afford that's great, though, but... I think it would help them a lot to pick up a guy that just happens to be 6'11 or something like that and just throw him in at center to give Anthony Davis a little bit of a break because he does not like playing the five. And Kyle Kuzma, I, I continue to be impressed with Kyle Kuzma, especially when Anthony Davis has been, even though they lost a lot of those games and are continuously, obviously no games going on right now, but lost a lot more even after that one they won after the four-game stretch they lost. Um, He's picking up a lot of that slack. Obviously, Anthony Davis being out, there goes 20 points. Who knows how many intimidated shots, because that's not a stat that they track, at least not in the box score. A couple blocks, a couple steals, a bunch of rebounds, probably a few assists, because you throw it in there and Anthony Davis a lot of time, he gets double teamed and you know somebody's open. But Kyle Kuzma, I think, does as good as anyone can do of picking up that. It's like most teams, Kyle Kuzma is a starter. Just so happens he plays on the L.A. Lakers with LeBron James. And Anthony Davis. So, it's not his fault, but I think he's doing really well. Uh, a team that I love watching this year, at second here. A lot of people would be surprised they're second if you're not watching, but the Phoenix Suns, 24-11. and 11. Man, I, mm, I can't say enough good things about the Phoenix Suns. Particularly, can't say enough good things about Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a winner. The only argument that you can make for him not being a winner, which is a dumb argument, is he hasn't won a championship. Should he have won one in the Lob City Clippers era? 
Yeah, yeah. But if you listen to the JJ podcast, JJ Reddick, and even Matt Barnes, all the Smoke podcast, you hear these guys talk about these teams a lot. They had a lot of internal problems. Um, Blake and CP seem to not get along. I think DeAndre Jordan got along with everybody. He just seems to be one of the best teammates ever, even now in Brooklyn, which we'll talk about later. It seems like the only reason he's even on that team is because he's so cool with KD. Like, he, he's got to be one of the best teammates ever. He, he seems so chill. But Chris Paul's a bona fide winner. He's proven it. If this team – I saw a stat – I came up with a stat myself the other day, and you guys can fact check me. If Phoenix starts right now, loses every single game the rest of the year, they still have a better record than they had last year. And that's not saying anything bad about Phoenix last year. It's more me saying how dang good Chris Paul is. But, oh, man, I I love this team. They're so fun to watch. Devin Booker, one of the best scorers in the league. Him and Bradley Bill are such fun players to watch. Just to watch them score, watch how they get open, watch their footwork. Footwork is really important. DeAndre Ayton continues to improve. Love seeing him down there. Mikael Bridges is about the epitome of a 3 and D guy, so you know, he, he's great to have out there with this team. And Cameron Payne kind of has – apparently he's a rotational player again. He used to be good. Then he was a joke. People made Cameron Payne jokes. And now he's a rotational player again. So good for him. Good for him to get himself back into the league. Then to take a look at the one seed, the Utah Jazz. If you sit here and tell me that you thought the Utah Jazz were going to be the one seed of the NBA, you're lying. I have nothing else to say. You're lying. Congratulations to them. They're looking great. I think the reason they're so good is they're not relying on Donovan Mitchell as much. Last year, crucial situations, Donovan, go get us a bucket. Donovan, make the play. Donovan, do this. This year, Bogdanovich making a lot more shots, looking a lot more consistent. Same thing with Joe Ingles. And I think the two biggest reasons there for their success, other than just coaching Quinn Snyder, not enough good things can be said about Quinn Snyder. Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, getting them buckets, and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, a casual NBA fan, cannot stand. Like, you probably hate him because you think, he doesn't do anything. And to the casual fan, yeah, you're right. But if you watch this man play, he intimidates shots. He's great defensively. And I think a reason he's so attributed to their success this year is he's really learned how to play the pick and roll and just do drop steps. Just get at, at this point in time, usually when he's going off a pick and roll and he's dropping down in the paint, two people have to cover him because he's learned how to do that so well, and he can distribute the ball even if you get it to him. So for one, he gets double teamed. You throw it to him before. There's somebody open because there's two guys on him. So there's four guys on your team, but only three of them are being defended. So you can move the ball around. Or two, you don't double team, and he pretty much gets a dunk every time. And, you know, on those times that he gets double teamed, the Utah Jazz have shooters. Donovan Mitchell can shoot the ball. Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, Clarkson, Mike Conley, who has, again, looked great this year, getting an all-star nod, even almost beating Steph Curry in a three-point contest if you don't know how good of a shooter Mike Conley is. They have surrounded that team of shooters and Rudy Gobert. They look great, and while I said they're not relying on Donovan Mitchell to just, hey, go give me a bucket, I need it. If they need him to, because it's going to happen eventually, he can do it. You give Donovan Mitchell the ball, say, go give me a bucket. Most of the time, He's going to do it. So I'm really impressed with the Utah Jazz this year. So moving on to the Eastern Conference. Bottom of the barrel. I think they still have a better win percentage than the other. Bo- yeah, not the worst team in the league, but the Detroit Pistons. Uh, a lot of their wins are really weird. 10-26, and 26, 
but half of their good wins are against quality teams. Like, I think they, I know they beat the Lakers. I think they beat the Bucks. They have beaten some great teams, but then they go and play, you know, a subpar team and just get destroyed. It makes no sense. Sadiq Bay looks nice. Uh, not a lot to say about them. They're just they, these bottom feeder teams, man. It, it's tough to judge them because I think they have a lot of talent, but it's just not distributed well. Obviously, Blake Griffin coming off getting released, signing with Brooklyn. That's pretty interesting. I think it'll be good for him though because they could just give uh, more guys more minutes that deserve it. Jeremy Grant, by the way, uh, most improved player for sure. He looks great. I really don't care that they're the worst team. Like, MIP for sure. Orlando Magic coming up next, sitting at a cool 13-23. and 23. Markel Fultz going down for them. I, I like a lot with their roster. Uh, Vucevic, I think, is great. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. He does a lot of great things. John Isaac, great defender. I think he's a top probably five defender. Obviously, I don't – it seems like I'm the type of person to just throw that around. I really – I promise I don't. It just so happens. We're talking about every team here, so everybody's getting a nod. But I've only complimented three players' defense here. I'll, maybe I'll come out with that list eventually. We'll, we'll do a list-oriented episode. But John Isaac Great, and I think they hit a home run picking Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony, of course he played at Carolina, so this may be my Carolina boss. He did look not look good at Carolina, and I don't hide from that. <laughs> But that team was horrible, like horrendous. One of the worst Carolina teams I've ever seen. And he was hurt a lot of the years. And he came straight back off an injury. He probably wasn't even ready. He just hated to see the same team struggling so bad. But I think they hit a home run with that. And I think he's going to continue to improve and be great and eventually become one of the best point guards in our league. Maybe not anytime soon, but I like him. Next, 14-22, Cleveland Cavaliers. Sex land kind of seems to be a thing of the past. Darius Garland, uh, I think being a lot of the reason, doesn't look great. Colin Sexton continues to prove that he is a bucket. Tries harder than anyone else on the defensive end. He tries a lot, but sometimes when you're 6'2", 6'1", I think 6'1", it just doesn't matter. Uh, you can try as hard as you want. People are still going to score on you. It's unfortunate, but it is. It, it just is what it is. Andre Drummond, I think, still looks really good even though he doesn't want to play anymore uh, until he's traded, which is understandable. I, I understand why he wants to be traded. So they're trying to get Jared Allen in there some more. Jared Allen's a great player. I think he's going to continue to improve as well. I like this team's future, but I think that they need to move Colin Sexton to the one, which he did play last year, and just trade Darius Garland while he might still have a little value. And just maybe put some defense more on that back. Get somebody like Chris Dunn. But moving on from there, Washington Wizards, similar to the Portland Trailblazers, one thing to say, Bradley Bill. The reason they have won 14 games is because of Bradley Bill. Without Bradley Bill, they are probably the worst team in the NBA. It's not a joke. They suck. They're terrible. But they have Bradley Bill. You see these games, Bradley Bill's putting up these 40 balls, and they're still losing. And a couple of them have been close, but I've seen them lose by 10 or 15, and Bradley Bill's putting them 40. This team is bad. <laughs> um, Bradley Bill requesting a trade. Or, I'm sorry, no, he hasn't. It's everybody on Twitter and everywhere else that wants Bradley Bill to request a trade. Bradley Bill won't request a trade. That's the problem. 
I want him to get out of there because I think he's a great basketball player that could really contribute to winning a lot of other places. But he, he just he's loyal, and I, I'm not hating on that because that's a, that's a great tribute attribute to have in a player. But he he's got to get out of Washington. It's just not going well, and I don't foresee it getting better in the future. But Washington Wizards, Bradley Bill, same thing. They suck. Above that, sixteen and twenty Atlanta Hawks. Another team, probably my disappointment of the Eastern Conference. I thought this team would be better. Trey Young taking a little bit of a step back. I still think Trey Young's really good. Uh, one of my hot takes coming into the draft with Trey Young is that Colin Sexton was going to be better than Trey Young. Of course, I missed out on that pretty bad. But I thought DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish were going to take a step up this year. DeAndre Hunter definitely has. Cam Reddish looks like the same player from last year. Cam Reddish is a player that I really like coming out of the draft. If you guys didn't know, at Duke, of course, you probably all remember it was him, Zion, and RJ. Cam Reddish committed before RJ and Zion ever did. So it's probably Cam's understanding that he was going to be the number one player at Duke. And then it just so happens literally the only two people in the entire class that were deemed better than him committed there as well. So I thought, you know, once he got to a team and they got to use him better, his shooting would improve, his attitude would improve. You could tell at Duke he didn't really seem happy to be there a lot of the time. Maybe I misread that. That's the feeling and vibe that I got from him. But he's just, he's not, man. Maybe I was wrong. I still believe in him personally. I think he's he's got a really wide frame. He's a good scorer. I think he's going to be good. I don't know what the time frame is, but maybe it's just a playing time thing. I don't know. John Collins, they're looking to shop. Clint Capella had a borderline all-star season. Kevin Herter, I really like. Great shooter. Uh, he's not a great defender, but I think he defends better than a lot of shooting guards that you know are just specifically for shooting. So I, I like the construction of this team. I really couldn't tell you what the problem is. They clearly just fired Lloyd Pierce. Maybe it was coaching. Hopefully so. Hopefully they get back to doing some winning and Trey Young could get those numbers back to last year when he was an all-star starter. Up from that, Atlanta Hawks, Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers have one of my favorite players in the NBA right now, um, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, not the best player on this team. Obviously, that would be DeMonte Sabonis carrying them to a 16-19 record. But I like this team. I do. Um, two low-key players right there, DeMonte and Malcolm. Malcolm is just one of my favorites. He, he does everything well. Uh, he came out of Virginia College, played in the ACC. I got to see him play a couple times in college. He shoots the ball well. He defends the ball well on and off the ball. He does what you want your point guard to do. I still think he's more of a shooting guard because that's where he played at uh, Milwaukee with along with Giannis. And I think that looked a little better for him, but as of right now, he's playing a point guard, and he's doing really well for it. Both of the last two years, for the first month or two in the season, he's really looked like an all-star, and then he just kind of fall off. But that's a good team. It's a, it's a team a lot of people probably aren't watching. Like, nobody on a Tuesday at 8 o'clock wants to watch the Indiana Pacers. But well, if you do, you'll enjoy it. But I understand. It's a, it's a tough team to watch. Just the Indiana connotation is not very good. Nine seed, Chicago Bulls. Uh, got to be happy for my guy Kenny, KOT4Q. Got to see his team doing well here. Um, let's see. 16 and 18, the team above them is 17 and 19. They're both the same game back. So they're really tied for that spot. It just so happens Toronto's played a couple more games. But they're right there. This team is not supposed to be here. Uh, maybe they are, but I, I really... <laughs> 
something I definitely want to try to do eventually, if I can ever get this, is have Kenny come on a podcast, literally just talk about the Bulls. But I love Kobe White coming out of UNC. To me, he's proved this year he's not a point guard. He's definitely a shooting guard. But that, that's just where they're playing him right now because you still want to have Kobe and Zach in there at the same time. And Zach is a shooting guard. So whatever you got to do to get him in there. Otto Porter plays good when he's in there. Making a lot of money, though. Marketing. I, I don't know about marketing. This is like the area where I wish Kenny I had to talk because I just I don't know what to say about him. Sometimes he looks great, sometimes he looks bad, and it doesn't seem like he plays as much as he should. When you when you draft a guy like that, you probably ought to play him. Wendell Carter, I think, looks better than he did last year, continues to improve. I just this this team, man, sometimes they look great, sometimes they look terrible. But congratulations to Zach Levine. Definitely deserved the all star nod. I, I'm glad he got it. I think it would have been an uproar if he didn't get it. But he looks great this year. Definitely an all-star. I, I think he just improved as a leader. Last year, he was more of a scorer, and pretty much that's it. This year, he's distributing. You see him taking guys to the side like Kobe White, trying to help these guys out. And they're winning more. Uh, last year, they're sitting really low. This year, they're at nine. They look good. Uh, happy for them. And especially Zach Levine getting that all-star nod. Next, getting into the playoff teams, Toronto. Started off horrible. People were talking awful about Toronto. They look like crap. And of course, now they turned it up and they're in the playoffs. I knew it wasn't going to last long. I'm sitting at the 13 seed. I didn't know if they would be able to get back in the playoffs, but I knew they weren't going to finish at 13. Freddie had a couple incredible games. Kyle Lowry continues to get thrown up in trade talks. I would love to see him dealt somewhere just to see what kind of damage he can do other places. A player that takes a lot of slander, but is really good at what he does for his team. Pascal Siakam, not looking like last year's Pascal Siakam. And I think they're missing Marc Gasol. You know, he might be an older player, but he I think he brings a lot of value. And he's a player that the Lakers are really cherishing right now. He's a great player, great leader. And he's just nice to have that 7-1 guy down in the paint that knows what he's doing. But Marc Gasol... Definitely, I think, a piece that they're missing. I really want to see them do some kind of move, rather than involve Kyle Lowry or Pascal. Or Definitely, I think they should hold on to OG on Anobi. I think he's probably the player with the most potential on that team. Great 3 and D guy, so I really like him. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets are next. Uh, next episode, episode 3, we got a whole segment about the Charlotte Hornets. I do have a lot to say about them, but I'll keep it pretty concise and short here. LaMelo Ball, Rookie of the Year, less... Something drastic happens, like an injury, God forbid. Rookie of the year, Malik Monk. Love to see him getting some playing time. Need a center. Bismack Biombo off the bench is not getting it cut. I think Cody Zeller is a great bench center, but we need somebody to stick in that starting role. I uh, wanted to trade for Andre Drummond, but looking at NBATrade.com, there's just not really any way to make the money work without trading somebody that the Hornets don't want to trade. <laughs> Miles Bridges looking good this year. Gordon Hayward. I don't I think he probably shouldn't have been an all-star considering the people that made it above him, but he definitely made a great case for it. He looks good. And Terry Rozier looks great. I guess if there had to be a disappointment, not that there has to be, but it would probably be Devontae Graham. Last year, even though he wasn't didn't finish for the top three, in my opinion, should have been most improved player. Obviously didn't win it. And this year he's just not looking that great. But um, it is what it is. Number six, Miami Heat, another team. Beginning of the season, look horrible. Currently sitting at an even 500. 
Jimmy Butler is just an incredible player, another player that's super undervalued. Plays great defense, shoots the ball when you need him to shoot the ball. You know, you see him take players to the side all the time. He yells at players, he comforts players. He does what he needs to do. Bam Adebayo, another great player. I wish he got more minutes at power forward. Not that he doesn't, because they play Kelly Olenek at the five a lot, but as soon as Kelly goes out, it's usually Bam sliding over to that five. And I understand why they do that, because you probably don't want Kelly Olenek on the floor for too much time. I love Duncan Robinson, the pure shooter. Reminds me of J.J. Redick. Tyler Hero, I think the bubble hype might have got a little too high on him. They had a chance to trade him for a couple good players, and they're really holding on to him, and I hope he does well. I think Tyler Hero is a great player, but I think their value on him might be a little high. It might be a little high, but hopefully this team continues to do what they're doing now. Chris Dunn, or sorry, not Chris Dunn. Why Why am I blanket on this kid's name? He's actually really good. Uh, hold on, man, let me look this up because uh, I'm blanking on it. It's that left-handed point guard that they have who does really well for them. I'm th- Kendrick Nunn. Okay, Kendrick Nunn. That's, you see why I confused that with Chris Dunn. Very, very similar. But uh, he's been doing great, especially these last couple games. Precious Achua, I think, is going to be great for them. He kind of reminds me of Bam Adebayo in a sense. I think the biggest thing that hurts this team is Andre Iguodala and his contract. But other than that, you know, Gordon Drogic coming off the bench is great for them. Avery Bradley is great for them. And I, I like this team. I, I do like this team. I'm glad to see them kicking it on now. The shock of the season to me is the <laughs> the New York Knicks sitting at five, and that's directly contributed to Julius Randle. Julius Randle looks great this year. R.J. Barrett looks good to me. Mitchell Robinson. This team is just a shock, and I, I give all the credit to Julius Randle. I really do. Uh, he's doing things that – anybody in the preseason did not have Julius Randle picked to be an all-star. If you did, you're lying. You didn't. There's no way. So – Happy to see New York sports up here. Honestly, I'm not. It's one of the teams I root against, but, you know, that's what you're supposed to say. So, good for you, New York, whatever. I still don't see them making it out of the first round of the playoffs with the roster they have. Maybe they proved me wrong, but New York Knicks sitting at 5-4. The Celtics. Um, we got a little bit in the Celtics about – or a little bit about the Celtics next week, too. A team, they, they just jumped from, like, 11-4. to four. I feel like they're where they should be, though. When you have Kimba, who did miss a lot of time, ex-Charlotte Hornet, really miss Kimba. Uh, you have him, you have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown. You should be winning this many games. They're where I think they should be. Marcus Smart missing a lot of time, which I think has hurt them a lot, which is why they were at 11. He's a glue guy. Really, I think they wish <laughs> – I saw a trade that involved them trading Gordon Hayward for uh, Miles Turner, who's having an incredible year this year which I, I did forget to mention him in the Pacers, but he's having a great year, especially with just blocking shots, intimidating shots. But they had the opportunity to trade Gordon Hayward for him in a package for him, and they chose not to because Danny Ainge got a little greedy. But I think they're really wishing they would have done that now because end of the day, Gordon Hayward left, having a great season in Charlotte, and they got nothing, and they could really use the paint presence. But they're, I think they're where they should be, you know, as far as preseason talking anyway. And... I think this is about where they're going to sit. I think they're going to sit 4-5, or five, and we're going to see them play either the Knicks or the Heat in the first round. Uh, going up to three, the Bucks. I feel like we expected them to be the two seed, but it's just not the case. Giannis continues to be Giannis. I think they're a little bit quieter this year, kind of similar to the Clippers, which I think is good for them. They don't have that media spotlight on them because they're not the number one seed. 
I think they're primed to make a playoff push. I actually really like this team. I like Dante DiVincenzo. I think he's a great role player. Chris Middleton, kind of the same thing as Giannis, continues to do what Chris Middleton's done in years past. Brooke Lopez, still a really good center. Uh, you know, I just I think they're under the radar. I think they have a chance to make some noise this year because of that. And if Giannis... I think it's a really simple take, but if Giannis gets a jump shot, like a consistent jump shot ever, this man is scary. Like, he's scary now. He gets a jump shot, holy crap. Like, you don't want to play against that dude. Number two, most people's title pick, the Brooklyn Nets. They're half a game behind the one seed, 24-13, and 13, but they didn't have this whole roster construction this season for the entire season. It's hard to imagine any team, whether it be the Lakers, the Clippers, whoever beating this team in a seven-game series. Like, how are you going to outscore Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant in a seven-game series? Like, if these other are healthy, now, a downfall could be if they're not healthy. That that would be very, very bad because the rest of their roster is not very good. Obviously, they did just bring in Blake Griffin. But it's going to be hard to outscore the like three of the top five ISO players in the NBA, and I don't even think it's questionable. But they bring in Blake Griffin, who, you know, if Blake Griffin were to come back and look like Clippers Blake Griffin, that would be scary. But he hasn't dunked the ball all year. I literally, it's not, not in exact. He's not dunked the ball all year, which is, you know, what Blake Griffin is known for. He's, he's had a couple good games, but he's had a couple flops. I'm not, I'm not too primed about that. Signing like it, it's just not the same Blake Griffin. I mean, hopefully he does well for them. I'm not rooting against Blake Griffin, but I'm just saying that I don't think it's that big a deal. And then obviously they're missing that center. They they're really missing Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. When he's in there, he'll catch a couple lobs and he'll you know intimidate a few shots, get some rebounds. But overall, he gets burned a lot, and I, I think that's hurting them. But even when you look at the center they're missing, and I think they bring in Blake Griffin to not play center, obviously power forward, but bring in some of that missing big guy presence. That's going to hurt them, especially if they end up playing a team like the number one seed, the Philadelphia 76ers, at 24-12. and 12. I knew this team would be good this year. I think a lot of people did, but I don't think I thought they'd be the one seed. Ben Simmons not putting up incredible numbers statistically. I mean, I think he has proved to at least me that he is the best defensive player in the NBA right now. I love what he's doing. Joel Embiid right now, to me, is probably the MVP, especially considering when we saw Joel Embiid miss some time at the beginning of the season, how much this team truly struggled without him. And then he comes back, and they immediately continue winning. I like Danny Green on this team, one of the best role players of all time, in my opinion. Uh, if you wonder why I think that, it's probably because he played at North Carolina, and he's one of my favorite players in the entire NBA, definitely top three. Uh, Dwight Howard contributes to this team really well, just to have that big guy presence. Matisse Thibel, incredible defender. And the biggest thing that I think helps this team, other than the obvious, is Seth Curry. When you have big, massive players like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, when you stick a shooter out there like that, that is absolutely knocked down, it helps out a lot. Yeah, I mean, just that simple adding helps him out a lot. And you put him with Danny Green, Matisse Thibel. Matisse Thibel's not a bad shooter either. This is a really good team, and this is, in my opinion, the only team in the East, at least, that has even a remote chance to take Brooklyn down. I don't even think that the Bucks have a chance because I don't see the Bucks outscoring them. 
But I do see Joel Embiid putting up an easy, easy 40 against them because of the lack of inside presence. And then Ben Simmons just not necessarily locking KD down because KD's going to score on anybody. But as opposed to when KD might score 30, he might score 15 against Ben. I mean, he's still going to get his buckets, but I think Ben is the best person in the NBA to put on him. Um, in, in my opinion right now, I'll probably still take the Lakers, but it's always subject to change because they just did such a good job of adding adding to an already championship team. I mean, they added Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell, two six-man-of-the-year candidates, to a team that just won a championship. So with the remainder of the time, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but I want to look at the bracketology for the NCAA tournament. Just a couple teams. So the projected one seeds right now are Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan. I think it's perfect. Uh, I wouldn't change any of that. Personally, I think Gonzaga's going to win the whole thing, have an undefeated season. Um, some other interesting picks here. We got Iowa, I do believe, at a two seed. Um, I'm looking for them right now. I don't see them. Let's see. Yep, yep, here they are. Two seed, Iowa. Of course, this is bracketology. They're subject to change. That doesn't mean they're going to be two seed, but I like Iowa a lot. Uh, I probably like them any more than any other one seed, but Gonzaga, Luke Garza, obviously incredible. They have a lot of shooters. I like this team a lot. The only downfall is going to be if they were to just have a game where it's an off night and they're not shooting well, they're probably not going to win because that's what makes the team so scary. You throw it down to Luke Garza, you have no choice to double team him, and all the other four guys on this court can shoot. But if they're having a night where they're not shooting well, they're probably going to lose. But I do like this team a lot. And then looking through the rest of the bracket, uh, everything else, I, I think as far as the bracketology, it looks really good. We never know what it's going to end up looking like until they actually make it. But a team that I think is primed to make a run, and of course it's another biased pick, but it's my podcast, so it's going to be biased. North Carolina is projected to be a 10. I do believe they're 16-9 and nine currently. It's either that or, let's see, I'm trying to think. I think they're either 15-9 or 16-9, but it's got them playing LSU in the first round. Carolina this season has had some games where they have looked incredible, looked absolutely unstoppable, have destroyed teams. Walker Kessler having 20-point games. Darren Sharp having 20-point games. Caleb Love having 20-point games. Kerwin Walton shooting 60% from three. Team looking incredible. And then they lose to Marquette. That, what, what do you say? But if they were to come out and look like that team of players that puts up 20 points a game, they're going to destroy LSU, and then next they would play uh, in this bracket, which, like I, I say when I talk about this, the seeding they do in bracketology is generally really good, but the teams they have you playing against doesn't mean anything because there's four teams with your seed, and really that is, it, it's almost random where they put them. But in this bracket, they would have us play in a two-seed West Virginia, assuming West Virginia makes it out of the first round, and I do honestly think that – West Virginia would probably destroy us, but if Carolina came out looking like Carolina, they might make it a game at the least. But there's no guarantee that West Virginia is who we'd be playing. There's a lot of other two seeds. Of course, Iowa, I think, would kill us. I think Iowa would kill anybody. But if you look at, like, Alabama being a two seed projected or Ohio State, I think those are both teams, if we come out being the team we can be that we can beat and maybe slip into the Sweet 16, and then if we get really, really lucky – the Elite Eight, but probably not, probably not. In all likelihood, we'll get first-rounded. But trying to be an optimist here, new tactic for me. And then the last thing I want to talk about, and we'll close it out, uh, there was a new Apex update last night. They, It's a caustic event. If you play Apex, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I haven't got to play it yet, so I really just 
if anybody reaches out, I'm, I'm planning on making a page for this podcast. Reach out to me. Tell me what you think about this update. I, I saw a little bit about it. The whole area of the map that they made around Caustic, it looks really cool, uh, very detail-oriented. I think they did a great job of it. A lot of corners. Really good for third party, but also there's places you can hide to avoid third party. So it's, just, it's really balanced, and they put some gold guns in there. I saw a game somebody played this morning, and the guy ran across a uh, gold Mozambique and a gold 30-30. So if you get both of those, then... Get you a little bit of ammo. You're in pretty good shape. But Apex Legends continues to be a great game, in my opinion. And I, I just I really enjoy playing it. So we're going to close off on that. Um, I, I got into Spotify for podcasters the other day for my analytics on Spotify. Of course, this is recorded on Anchor, which is amazing that it gets it to these platforms like Spotify for me. But um, I got three starts, three streams. So thank you to whoever you are. I have no idea who listens but I appreciate all of you guys listening, tuning in. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We ran pretty long today. Uh, Thursday's podcast is going to be in similar length, pretty long one. But uh, thank you guys. Uh, tune in Thursday, Tuesdays and Thursdays, twice a week is what we'll do. And uh, have a good day.